KC, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Good morning. Hi. Well, I mean, it's night, but this is going to premiere on Tuesday morning. So. Yeah. Anyways, are you ready for more Bible stuff? You know, I'm always ready for more Bible stuff. Your body is ready? No. <laughs> Have you read the Bible and the shit that they do to people's bodies? Nope. Yeah. Uh, especially today. I oh, um, today. Yeah. So if you guys don't remember, uh, last time Elisha, he did, and Jehoash <laughs> is the king in Israel. All right. Uh, but luckily, uh, Judah doesn't have a king, but they hold a king competition. And Amhizah, uh, which is, I guess, uh, a surprise uh, Captain America. Let's go with that. Amhizah. Uh, wins best in show, so he's king. Uh, and he sucked that god dick really good, but not as good as that cocksucker David. Um, Huzzah executed the judges that didn't vote for his dad, though. But it's cool because he didn't, uh, uh, he did it by the official Moses rulebook, so he's in the clear. Uh, then the Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, or Laura Croft, sorry, Laura Croft pillaged a bunch of tombs around Elisha's tomb. And uh, there were some guys that were trying to bury their uh, murder victim. And Laura turned them all into pussies. So they just tossed the victim into Elisha's tomb. Uh, well, the guy, he really wasn't dead. So he just got up and like bolted out of there. Uh, then Syria annexes uh, some Israelite towns like Russia did with Ukraine. Uh, back in Judah... Um, Hisiah, or Um, Hisiah, or whatever, plans to um, uh, fuck with the Edomites. Um, he then uh, pulls a trump and splits up a, hu- a bunch of families. Um, then this rando prophet uh, tells uh, them that Israel is on God's shit list, so they can't, you know, employ that private military group, uh, the Israel private military. They can't employ them. Uh, so because that union thing wasn't working out right there and they're on God's shit list, they sent the Israelite uh, private military packing. And uh, God is happy with them, so Judah triumphs and fucks them all up. And in fact, they were so happy, they decided to throw 10,000 people off of a fucking cliff. You know, <laughs> shits and giggles and things. Totally normal things. So, anyways, the IPM, the Israel Private Arm uh, Military uh, Group, uh, IPMG, I guess is what the company would be called, uh, was pissed. So they pillaged a bunch of Judean towns uh, just for fun. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you're gonna fire us? We're gonna fucking take everything from your all these towns that are on your outskirts. Anyways, Am Hazah uh, brought some uh, some pagan god shit. Uh, back and then suck their dicks and the prophet uh, tried to warn him about sucking the pagan god dick uh, but he was too focused on that shaft in order to <laughs> actually pay attention um, his eye, uh consulted some other guys about this whole pagan god thing and he ignored them so why even ask but while he was pleasing these other gods uh, Judah Decided that they were, um, or, or well, Judah got fucked by somebody without lube. Israel. I mean, it was, oh, it was Israel. Israel fucked them without lube. They didn't even spread that KY on. Um, Jehoash, though, he did, and he becomes anal. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, then Jerry Jr., if you guys don't remember before, Jerry was king of um, Judah, Israel? Israel. Israel. Um, he became king of Israel through that same competition. And uh, but he also made God shit list for the year, so he's not doing all that great. The end. <laughs> there were points of that that were that were good, but overall, it was really fucked up. I know, like no, I mean, who's gonna suck pagan god dick? Well, I mean, is it? Do you have like? A competition with yourself for how fast into a stream you can get it demonetized. <laughs> I mean, I I think I might have just barely made it past five minutes. No, no, no. Do you know how many times you talked about sucking dick in the first five minutes? Mm, three times. I think more than that. Anyway, anyway, we're gonna have to go over it because fuck. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, yeah, it's gonna happen. All right. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all doing? doing? So, as we covered before, I got things yeah. not correct. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last time, we ended with... We had a lot of king turnover in Israel last time. I don't know if y'all remember. Um, but we ended up with... Let's see, who did we have? We had Jehoash ended up being king in Israel when we finished last time. Joash was assassinated at the very end of our last episode. So we don't have a king in Judah currently. And Elisha dies, which is like a really big, that's a really big deal, right? Elisha is a, is a significant prophet in the Bible. Um, so Elisha died last time. So this time we're going to start off. We have to get a new king in Judah. There is no competition. Um, Amaziah, uh, who is Joash's son, uh, succeeded him as king, which is how it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I figured it was like a singing competition, kind of like mass Singer or no. America's Got Talent. Nope. Just, you know. What's that word? Hereditary. Oh, American Idol. No, just like Hereditary Succession. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to go over 2 Kings chapter 12, 13, 14, and uh, 2 Chronicles, I think just 25, right? That's what's in my notes. Yeah. So, and the reason for anybody who might be joining us for the first time that we're going through some in one book and some in the other book is because... Oh, I was just going to say thank you for making it through the opener. (laughs) It's not all like that. Um, We actually do go through this stuff. Um, So... The reason that we do it this way is because we're reading through the daily, it's called the daily Bible. And what they do is the entire Bible in chronological order, vice, um, how it's written, which is a hot pile of garbage. Um, so it's better when you're going through the story because the story is very segmented. There are portions. I mean, there's even like places where there's like one verse completely out of place from. And so they put it stuff where it belongs in the story in supposed chronological order. Right. Okay. So, um, Amaziah, his son succeeded him as King in the second year of Jehoash son of Jehoahaz, King of Israel, 
uh, Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, began to reign. You know, I really am surprised that you didn't take the chance to call him amazing. (laughs) I was sure that was the way you were going to go. No, I actually didn't think of that. That's actually really good. That's better than what I came up with. That's what I thought you were going to do. I I figured it would be um, kind of like where you went, kind of like, uh, who did we have before that you... Huzzah! Oh, yeah. Uh, that was uh, surprised Fonzie. Yeah. So I figured you were going to go that... I thought you would either go that way or amazing. Amazing! Amazing! So, anyway. Um, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was jo- Jehoaddin. Um, kind of like Aladdin. Um, and she was from <laughs> Jerusalem. Um, okay. So Amaziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father, which we know it's not actually his father, his far distant grandfather, David had done in everything. He followed the example of his father, Joash. The high places, however, were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. So obviously that's going to be a problem. Ah, Jesus. Fuck. Amazing man. (laughs) So after the kingdom was firmly in his grasp, because you know, there's always kind of weird stuff going on when they change hands from one king to another. Um, There's been a lot of, there's been instances where siblings have killed each other so that they can be the king and two siblings have been named king. You know, it's weird shit has happened. So once he was firmly established as the king of Judah, um, he executed the officials who murdered his father, the king. Yet he did not put the sons of the assassins to death in accordance with what is written in the book of the law of Moses, where the Lord commanded, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children be put to death for their fathers. Each is to die for his own sins. And here all I'm thinking is, do you want a fucking cookie because you didn't kill people who didn't do anything? Wait, like this once? Wait a second. Isn't this kind of contradictory to yes. like shit that God has said already? Yes, because in in uh, in the law, in the book of the law of Moses, it also talks about how children will be punished to the fourth generation for the sins of their father. Now, punished is not necessarily the same as being put to death. Um, so that, that could be an important, um, segregator here for the extreme, you know, like being put to death, but go ahead. Well, I I just, I I don't know because it's like, I get it. Like the punishment doesn't necessarily have to be death, but I mean, you're still punishing, like you're saying that this person shouldn't be put to death for the sins of the father, but yet the sins of the father do mean that you get Punished, punished to the fourth generation to, yeah i don't know yeah. it seems it seems like a very contradictory thing it's weird plus a lot of times when here here's the other strange thing is that throughout the entire ot so far especially through judges and kings and all of this chronicles we see king after king after king go in and kill other kings from other lands mm-hmm and their entire families. Yep. And it's always fine. God even praises and like Jehu, you know, he's like Jehu is the man because he went through and killed everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Who did him wrong. So like but what did the king's kids do that you went in and killed the other king and then all of their children and their entire families and anyone who had anything to do with them? 
So it's, it's kind of in this, like, I don't, yes, it is contradictory. There are definitely problems with this. Does it say that in, um, I, I don't know, I don't remember if it's in Deuteronomy, but I, I can't remember exactly where this passage is, but it's in the books of, it's in the books of Moses. Right. Um, but does it's it say this? Or yeah. Leviticus. yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I, th- I can't remember where this one is, but anyway, is it in there? Sure. But there's also a lot of other shit in there that contradicts this exact thing. So there we are. Right. Um, but also it's like, oh, okay, great. You didn't kill their sons. Awesome. Want a cookie? Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So meanwhile in Israel. Meanwhile <laughs> in Israel. Uh, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So here's another, here's another theory about the raiders. I'm going to tell you about the raiders here for a minute. So sure, this might've happened every spring, but there's also part, um, part of what Christians teach about this is that the raiders were there because Elisha's, um, they were near Elisha's tomb. Because Elisha's funeral was so extravagant, because Elisha was so important, um, that he was buried with a bunch of riches and treasures and things like that. So the raiders were coming there to raid his tomb. Okay. So there were some Israelites burying a man and suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb, which is apparently just open for all, um, And when the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Now, there are a lot of things we can talk about when it comes to this. We'll try to keep it brief. Some say that this is Elisha's 33rd and final miracle. Um, But there's a little bit of uh, contradictory teaching when it comes to Elijah and Elisha. Um, if you remember back in second Kings chapter two, when right before Elijah is going to be ascended into heaven, he asks Elisha what he wants. And Elisha says that he wants double Elijah's spirit. And so the insinuation through the rest of that, the rest of second uh, Kings chapter two is that that is granted to him. God grants him double Elijah's spirit. So what is consistent is the idea that Elisha performed exactly double or twice as twice as many miracles as Elijah. Okay. Some say Elijah performed 16 miracles. Some say 14. So the ones who say 16, Elisha had 32. And the one who says 14, Elijah had 28. I've also seen where the this miracle with the bones and bringing somebody back to life is the 33rd miracle. So um, I think GE might do a video at a later time about the contradiction and the miracles. Um, so we won't go really into the differences here. But the point is, it's not consistent. And um, do you want to talk about the some of the things that t- Christians teach about the significance of this and its relation to Jesus? Right. So basically, this part right here is seen by multiple commentaries that I read as sort of a 
prophecy almost, or at least a connection to the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a lot of elements there that are very um, similar. Uh, but the main takeaway is, is that they're in a tomb and uh, the guy is brought back to life. Now, a lot of commentaries say that, uh, you know, it's rem- it's supposed to be symbolic of Jesus providing everlasting life for everybody who's, like, baptized in his blood and stuff, you know. And oh, but, I mean, but this guy was a Jew. He, I mean, he was an Israelite. Well, it was. That's why it's a, a prophecy. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's, it's supposed to be foretelling what Jesus is going to do for the Jewish people by giving them everlasting life. Um, But also uh, the, the the whole idea of, of Jesus is born out of the, the idea that the final prophet, the major prophet, Jesus, um, the son of God would be the the best. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be the pinnacle. He'd be the pinnacle, the apex of all of the other prophets. So whatever the other prophets did, Jesus also has to do. And better. And, and better. Yeah. And so, whereas right here, Elisha, after he has died, only resurrects this one Jewish guy that was killed after touching his bones uh, as like some kind of, they also say that it's like a sign of, of how blessed that Elisha was or whatnot. Yeah, how magical and, and important he was. And that there are some that say that um, this fulfilled Elisha's prophecy, like the prophecy of Elisha's life mm-hmm. and how important he was. Um, there are some commentaries I read, and I was a little surprised by this, but there are some commentaries that um, say that this uh, passage right here fulfilled um, a prophecy from Ezekiel. But it's interesting because Ezekiel comes way later after this. Um, like Ezekiel, Ezekiel's pretty far away mm-hmm. uh, in, in relation to where we are right now. So it's a little surprising that they would say that this fulfills a prophecy of Ezekiel when Ezekiel chronologically happens after. That's not really how prophecies work. Right. But uh, ultimately, what I think that this is about, uh, it, it, it's not meant to prophesize anything at least that I can tell other than just it kind of gives us more of, of an indication of the power of prophets, I guess, like when you're touched by God or you're specially selected by God, I mean, you can do anything even after you're dead. Yeah. And what's also interesting about this though, is in, when it comes to like resurrection, so Jesus resurrected Lazarus. Lazarus has a name. Lazarus is an important story in the Bible. Well, yeah, two different Lazaruses actually. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Jesus is resurrected. Big fucking deal in the Bible, right? This dude is resurrected. Doesn't even have a name. We know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing about him, and this is the only passage related did, to it at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, did the son that Eli, uh, Elisha, like? Oh yeah, that's right. The no. And then there was also the the son of the the other person that the Elijah. Woman. Yeah. Did. That's right. I forgot about those two. There's a lot of resurrection in the Bible. I forgot I mean, about like, the two boys. Jesus isn't the only way that Jesus is, is special is that Je- Jesus is God, so he resurrected himself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I forgot about the two boys. That's right, because they remember they laid on top of them, and it was weird. Um, you're right. Elijah and Elisha both resurrected boys too. Um, 
but yeah, so it's interesting. They didn't have names. Uh, this guy doesn't have a name. I don't know what makes them so different other than like you said, Jesus is God who raised, who rise, raises himself. Anyway, um, that's really all there is about that. Even though this is supposedly, you know, this is a miracle that Elisha performed, you know, after he died, um, Elisha's last miracle. And it's kind of seemingly insignificant right here. There's not a lot of details about it. Well, you know, what's crazy is that a lot of apologists that want to play like they're historians will say that this is historically accurate. Yeah, but there's almost nothing in here about it. Well, and there's no corroborating evidence. There's no. nothing that talks about, oh, this guy, you know, brushed up against Elisha's bones and boof. Yeah, now he's alive again. Yeah, it's so, weird. I mean, it, it's really, it's just weird the level of, uh, like, uh, like the, the bar for historical credibility when it comes to religious apologists. Yeah, it is. It's very sad. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Um we're in Second Kings chapter 13. Uh, Hazael, king of Aram, which is Syria um, at this point, o- o- oppressed Israel through the reign of Jehoahaz. Uh, but the Lord, and this is important, listen to this. So the Lord was gracious to them, being the Israelites, and had compassion and showed concern for them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To this day, he has been unwilling to destroy them or banish them from his presence. Okay. That's important. Remember that. Hazael, king of Aram, died, and Ben-Hadad, his son, succeeded him as king. Then Joash, son of Jehoahaz, recaptured from Ben-Hadad, son of Hazael, the towns he had taken in battle from his father Jehoahaz. Three times Joash, Jehoash defeated them, and so he recovered the Israelite towns. Now, that isn't significant because you remember when he had the pro- the prophecy with Elisha and he did the sword thing or it, ta- it wasn't a sword. Was it a sword? I don't know. He did the three things on the ground and he should have done it four or five times because then he would completely have destroyed them. But instead, he would just defeat them three times. Mm-hmm. So this is the fulfilling that prophecy right here. Okay. Okay. So meanwhile, in Judah, uh. Amaziah called the people of Judah together and assigned them according to their families uh, to commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds for all Judah and Benjamin. He then mustered about uh, those 20 years old or more and found that there were 300,000 men ready for military service, able to handle the spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel for 100 talents of silver. Um, 100 talents is about um, three and three quarter tons. Okay, it's a lot. Um, But a man of God came to him and said, O king, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel. Okay, so this passage right here is from 2 Chronicles. Okay, Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 25. Um, I think this might be, it's either in verse, I think it's in verse 7. It might be part of verse 6. It's not specifically marked in this book, um, but it's marked off to the side. So, Second Chronicles 25, early on. O king, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the people of Ephraim. Circle back. Second Kings chapter 13, um, a little further down, 22 through 25, it's in there. But the Lord was gracious to them. To this day, he has been unwilling to destroy them or banish them from his presence. 
So he won't banish them from his presence in Kings. But in Chronicles, the Lord is not with Israel. So it's interesting. Right. I mean, this is on, and it, granted, it's not on the same page. It's not in the same book in the um, Bible. In the Bible. But when it's laid out like this and you have the story laid out like this, you can easily see where you have problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think it's interesting because this is not an a- this is not like a secular atheist book that we're reading. This is not a skeptics annotated Bible. This is not anything like that. This is the daily Bible in chronological order, 365 daily readings with devotional insights to guide you through God's word. Like this is this is a book that Christians want you to read so you understand the Bible. So another interesting contradiction today. So um, the man of God comes to him and says, "Don't you you can't have these troops march with, march with you because God's not with them. Um, even if you go and fight courageously in the battle, God will overthrow you before the enemy. For God has the power to help or overthrow. So he threatens him. He says, if you take these people in Israel, God's not with them and God will fuck you up if you take them. So Amaziah asked the man of God, but what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops? <laughs> the you're, man of God. You're fucked. No <laughs> refunds. <laughs> right. So... The man of God replied, the Lord can give you much more than that. Okay, so apparently God's going to shit out a whole four tons of silver for him. Well, I mean, when you basically have like a credit card with no limit, I mean. (laughs) So Amaziah dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and sent them home. They were furious with Judah and left for home in a great rage. See, I don't know why. It's like, like they oh, got paid. We, we didn't get to kill anybody. Oh, yeah. Fuck this! It's like you get to keep your money. I don't fucking care. About I wanted money. to kill people. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, they I got know. paid and they get to go home and not die. Right? It's like, oh wait, <laughs> hold on. I get all of the money and yeah. I just get to go home. Fuck yeah! yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll go home play video games or something. <laughs> so after they all left and they were pissed, uh, which is important. Keep that in mind. They were mad. All right. Uh, Amaziah then marshaled his strength and led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed 10,000 men of Seir. The army of Judah also captured 10,000 men alive, took them to the top of a cliff, and threw them down so that all were dashed to pieces. Because this is totally (laughs) normal behavior. Can you imagine the line for that particular death? I mean, you have to be seeing that from, like, miles away. It's like, shit. Uh, it's like just a 10, single 10,000 of them. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It, it just, it's a really weird story. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't, I just can't see this happening. Like, I, I mean, do you think oh. they, they just did a single file just so that, you no, know. No, I don't think they did a single file. I don't think that would be reasonable. Um, but uh, Wait, wait a second. <laughs> it's reasonable? Well, I mean, can you imagine how long that would fucking take? I mean, come on. I mean, they're doing this for shit and shits and giggles, honey. You I don't think weird. they want to savor every single one? It's weird, but it's it's interesting because they, they go to the top of a cliff. Don't you think there would be some sort of like, I don't know, the bones of 10,000 men at the bottom of a cliff somewhere you that would, archaeologists would find? Yeah. Or did they go and then clean up all of the dashed pieces? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they probably did not do that. No. So, also, that area bizarre. probably would have stunk. Oh, God, bad. awful. 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 You know you shit yourself when you die. <laughs> well, I mean, these people probably didn't have, like, assholes to shit from. They were they were thrown off cliffs and dashed into pieces. Well, yeah, they were thrown off a cliff, but it's not like your body explodes. What is this, a I video game? I don't know. Maybe if there were a whole bunch of rocks or whatever. 
their bodies wouldn't explode. Well, they wouldn't they explode, would... but like they would be, t- they'd be tore out, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, unless the, every single uh, one of those ten thousand men landed directly on their assholes at the bottom, <laughs> they're gonna shit themselves. But here's the deal. I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm yes, all the shit would smell bad, but like decomp is worse. Well, I mean, yeah, true. I'm just saying it adds to it, and okay. it was like kind of a fun fact thing. Oh yeah, fun fact. That's super fun. So what about this is fun to begin with. So I don't know. They seem to have a damn good time fucking pushing people off cliffs. I mean, they could have just killed them where they were fighting them, but instead they captured them alive for the six, the express purpose of walking them up to a cliff and making them walk off. Yeah. It's fucked up. It is. Okay. Meanwhile, the troops that Amaziah had sent back the mercenaries right from Israel and had not been allowed to take part in the war and, you know, following massacre at the cliff, raided Judean towns from Samaria to Beth Horon. They killed 3,000 people and carried off great, great quantities of plunder. So they were mad. They killed a bunch of people and carried off plunder. So Judah, you know, Judah got kind of fucked up anyway, but not as bad as they would have had they had taken them. Well, so do you think that's why they were possibly mad? Is it's like, it's not just because, oh, well, you're not going to use my services. It's like, oh, shit, we don't get to plunder people now? I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe. plunder you. <laughs> yeah, per- perhaps. Because they do that a lot in battle. They get to take a lot of shit, right? Mm-hmm. So perhaps. I don't know. So when Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods, bowed to them and burned some sacrifice, burned sacrifices to them. The anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah and he sent a prophet to him who said, why do you consult this people's gods, which could not save them? or could not save their own people from your hand. While he was still speaking, the king said to him, have we appointed you as an advisor to the king? Stop. Why be struck down? So basically he interrupts them and he says, who the fuck are you? If you keep going, I'll kill you. Right. Um, Which I mean, (laughs) uh, this is the part where I said they were too focused on the pagan God worship. Uh huh. Yeah. To listen to them, which I mean, this has happened before several times. I mean, they don't ever want to listen to the one prophet that's like, hey, listen, I got an email from God. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And Amaziah is just up there like, who the fuck is you? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody gets emails from God. (laughs) So the prophet stopped, but said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. Okay, so after Amaziah, king of Judah, consulted his own advisors, he sent this challenge to Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel. Come meet me face to face. But Jehoash, king of Israel, replied to Amaziah, king of Judah, a thistle in Lebanon sent a message to a cedar in Lebanon. Give your daughter to my son in marriage. Then a wild beast in Lebanon came along and trampled the thistle underfoot. You say to yourself that you have defeated Edom, and now you are arrogant and proud, but stay at home. Why ask for trouble and cause your own downfall and that of Judah also? Thanks for being cryptic. (laughs) Joash. Weird, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Amaziah, however, would not listen. For God so worked that he might hand them over to Jehoash because they sought the gods of Edom. So Jehoash, king of Israel, attacked Judah. He and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced each other at Beth Shemesh in Judah. Judah was routed by Israel, even though God's not with Israel, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And every man fled to his home. Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh. Then Jehoash brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from Ephraim, from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate, a section about 600 feet long. He took all the gold and silver and all the articles found in the temple of God that had been in the care of Obed-Edom, together with the palace treasures and the hostages, and returned to Samaria. Oh, damn. He pillaged every yeah judah got fucked up yeah so now he went back to samaria for some reason or another we don't know why and we're not told jehoash dies okay (laughs) he did (laughs) as for the other events of the reign of jehoash what he did in his achievements including his war against uh, amaziah king of judah are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of israel he's an anal king guys (laughs) Jeho again for those of you who may be listening for the first time that particular book is lost to history never been found so um we don't know if it's in the book but they say it's in the book which is pretty convenient that the fucking book's not around right right okay jehoash rested with his fathers and was buried in samaria with the kings of israel and jeroboam his son succeeded him as king In the 15th year of Amaziah, uh, Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, which is is the second time we've had a Jeroboam king in Israel. So Jeroboam, king of Jehoash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria, and he reigned for 41 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, the original Jeroboam, which he had caused Israel to commit. So he's a shitty king. In the Obviously. eyes of God. Of course, it's in Israel. All the all the kings in Israel are shit, right? Every single one Every of them. Every single one of them. They're all garbage. And uh, so that's where we're ending today. We have a new king in Israel. And somehow we still have uh, Amaziah, even though um, they were he was taken back to Samaria with um, Jehoash. And right now, we don't know what happens there. So that's okay. where we are now. Now, next week on the Bible, we... Well, the next week that we cover it. Oh, yes. Not next week, because next week we're going to have a Christmas thing. Right. But the following week. The next time. Next time. You do it. Next time on the Bible. God is going to call Jonah. Oh, shit. It's Jonah time, y'all. Yes. We're going to talk about Jonah. We're going to get the story of him getting thrown into the sea, Jonah and the whale, all that shit, Jonah's prayer. We're going to have all that nonsense next time. See... This is going to give me a lot of leeway to get all of the mythicism stuff, like all my notes down. Yeah. So that I can teach you guys the mythicism stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to go through that. Um, it's pretty much the entire Jonah story uh, we're going to go through next time. And we have a little bit of um, 2 Kings chapter 13 mm-hmm. also in next week because... Um, Basically, the reason this is the reason that the, the book of Jonah is put in here right now is because it happens after um, the second Jeroboam and before Israel is restored. So the historical record, according to this book, confirms Jonah's mission and tells how God gives Jeroboam great military success and prosperity and Israel is restored. Okay. Um, so that's what we're going to go through next week is Jonah. And we're going to kind of put a bow on the whole Israel restored thing with Joe Jeroboam. So in two weeks, prepare for 15 foot whale dick. (laughs) Oh my God.
Do you remember what Vice Rhino said? Oh, that it's actually 10 foot. It doesn't matter. That's not the meme. Okay, the meme is 15 foot. <laughs> so it's 15 foot whether it's true or not. Well, yeah, because the meme is about Kent Hovind being a dipshit and not about like scientific facts. That's true because Kent Hovind is the one that said 15 foot whale penis. I, yeah, I never said that. I like. I didn't even try to prompt him to say anything about the penis. I know. He brought that up on his own. He was thinking about whale penis all on his own. I know, it's really weird. Yeah, anyways. So, heathens, <laughs> if you guys will tune in next week for some good old Christmas uh, stuff. I haven't figured out what we're going to be covering ne- the next week. Um, as far as Christmas goes, I'm going to think of something, though. Okay. So, we will definitely talk about that then. But anyways, uh, if you guys will leave us a comment down below, we would love to hear from you guys. And don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.